on this episode of Adventures in Being Gifted. Sleep is really important to help lock in and protect memory. So oftentimes the morning when we're well rested is when our brain is able to work best on memory and difficult problems like schoolwork. That and a whole lot more coming up. Hello, everyone. On this week's episode of Adventures in Being Gifted, we have a student takeover. And what that means is that we have allowed our real life students who we're working with in the classroom to choose an end product that they feel is going to be meaningful and really tap into sharing what they've learned with a real live audience. So you're going to be listening to Marin and Daisy as they share what they've learned through their research about the brain and specific parts to memory and creativity and taking care of your brain. And they then are going to be interviewing a local neurologist who serves as a county coroner in our local Um, greater Cincinnati area. So we are so excited for you to hear these girls choose on their own this type of product and for you to listen into their conversation. Think about the students you work with and how you might be able to find experts they can talk to and get to know about the world around them along with the material or the research that they are exploring and find out what ways that they can be paired with these experts to interview, have conversations, and really help the learning go full circle. So we hope you enjoy this episode from Daisy and Marin and Dr. Mannix. Hello, my name is Daisy. I'm 10 years old and I'm in fifth grade and I love nature. Hi, my name is Marin. I'm also 10 years old. I love all animals. I'm also in fifth grade and today we'll be taking over the Adventures in Being Gifted podcast from Mrs. Hartsock and Mrs. Mullen. That's right, Marin. We've stolen the mics and called up our local brain expert who serves our community as the county coroner, Dr. Mannix, to talk with us about our questions we still have about the brain. Before we interview Dr. Mannix, I've been researching facts about memory, which I'd like to share with you on this podcast episode. And I've been studying parts of the brain, and I'll share those facts with you as well. Did you know that your memory plays an important role in everything you do, or that no two people remember the same things the same way? Today I'll be showing you how your memory works, along with many fun facts. You'll learn the different types of memory, and lastly interview the expert, Dr. Mannix. Are you ready? Great. Let's start with the question, how does your memory work? Well, your brain is kind of like a filter. It sifts through what you know and decides what you need and what you don't need. Otherwise, you know too much and it'd be hard to focus. For example, Solomon Shereshevsky, a.k.a. S, could remember everything ever said to him, but eventually could no longer hold a normal conversation. Some tips for improving your memory are, if you really want to remember something, write it down. Then if you forget it, you can relearn it. If you read something you want to remember, read it aloud. It improves your memory by up to 40%. Use many different methods for memorizing. Try one for math and one for reading. It really helps. Next, we'll talk about the different types of memory. The first type of memory is short-term memory. This is when you only need the info for a brief period of time, like cramming for a test. 
The second type of memory is long-term memory. This is info you'll need again a long time later. Sensory language is having to do with senses, like the smell of cookies or the taste of your favorite food. Motor skill memory has to do with physical activities, like throwing a ball or riding a bike. Verbal, verbal semantic is remembering the meanings of words. This is the one that has to do with talking. The final one is photographic memory, or remembering pictures. This is how you visualize and remember an image. Did you know that the cerebrum takes up 85% of the brain's weight? And did you know that the pituitary gland is the size of a pea? Keep listening to find out so many cool facts about the brain's anatomy. As I mentioned earlier, today we'll be talking about the brain's anatomy, which is basically just going deep into the brain's parts. First, I'll go over the facts, interview um, Dr. Mannix, and then we'll wrap this up. Here are some facts about some of the brain's parts and functions. The pituitary gland can be called the master gland. It is called this because it governs all other glands in the body. It regulates the flow of hormones and receives chemical signals from other parts. The hypothalamus is located above the pituitary gland and controls the body's body temperature, hunger, and thirst, plays a role in memory, and synchronizes sleep patterns. Next, the amygdala is located under the brain's hem two hemispheres. It controls emotion and memory, recognizes stress, and controls the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn symptoms. Then there's the hippocampus, a curved-shaped organ that is part of a larger structure called the hippocampal formation. It helps with memory, learning, navigation, perception of space, and receives information from the cerebral cortex. Scientists have also realized that it may play a role in Alzheimer's disease, which Ronald Reagan passed away from. The hippocampus is located under the temporal lobe. Speaking of lobes, lobes control different things and functions such as your traits, decision, decision-making, movement, smells, speaking, pain, touch, and so much more. Finally, we have the midbrain pons and medulla that are located in the spinal cord and by the brainstem. These control automatic functions like sneezing, vomiting, coughing, swallowing, your heart beating, blood flow, oxygen levels, balance, hearing, facial expressions, responding to a change, shivering, and a lot more. To wrap up the facts, a fun fact is the pituitary gland helps you grow as you age. To help us extend our learning about the brain, we've invited a local expert, Dr. Lisa Mannix, who is a neurologist and works as the Butler County Coroner in Hamilton, Ohio. Welcome, Dr. Mannix, to Adventures in Being Gifted podcast. We're so excited to ask you more questions about the brain. Thank you so much. Let's learn more. Tell us about your story of becoming a neurologist. Did you always want to be a neurologist even when you were our age? When I was your age, I liked nature, and I loved animals. So you girls are on the right track. It was about science. My grandfather had Alzheimer's disease. That's a brain disorder that affects memory. And that's how I became interested in neurology. I've been studying memory, and I read a, a kid about our age was able to memorize 74 digits and could repeat those numbers in the correct order within 48 seconds of first laying eyes on it. How is this possible? How can humans best increase their mem memory or memorization skills? Wow, that's an incredible memory. Most of us can only hold seven digits in our working memory, but this kid memorized 74 digits. Possibly they recognized patterns 
in those in that digit string or they broke it into smaller chunks to be able to memorize it. So those are ways to improve your memorization skills um, to, to use tricks like mnemonics, things that um, you associate with objects or music or rhymes. And those tricks help build connection between the memory part of the brain, the hippocampus, and the cerebrum where those other functions like vision and music and verbal and physical senses are. So you build those connections and engage more brain that helps with memorization. What is your favorite part about being a neurologist? And what do you love most about the brain? And why do you love that so much? I love the brain because it does so much for us. It makes us who we are. And when I was studying to be a doctor, I knew that there was so much more to learn about the brain. And we're still learning. So I think the brain and nervous system is um, fun and we can see it in action every day. How are some people naturally better at others at certain aspects like memory or creativity? The way to get better at anything is to practice. Practice, Practice. (laughs) exactly. So the more we use our brain for certain activities, the stronger it becomes, the more connections we make. And some people practice uh, increasing different aspects of their brain. So certain people may naturally be more creative, but they also may be practicing more creativity. What do you think the most important parts of the brain are and why are they important? How can we take care of them? The brain is set up to protect itself um, first and foremost because it's the, the soft um, part of the brain is enclosed in a hard bone, our skull, right? So protecting the brain from injury, whether it's the skull or wearing a helmet when you're riding a bike, you want to protect your brain um, from injury. And then the parts of the brain that are important, all of them, of course, are important. The parts that control our autonomic functions, like our body temperature and our breathing, those are super important. But protecting the parts that help us with memory and speech and movement are also important. I think one of the things to remember about the brain is we we want to protect it, but if it does get injured, either by a head injury, a concussion, uh, a stroke, there is potential for that brain to recover. It's slow, much slower than healing a broken bone, but there is some healing that can be done, but you have to work at it. That's really cool. I also researched that the time of day can affect someone's ability to memorize things. Is this true? Well, I think it depends on whether you're a morning person or a night person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when when our brain is, when we feel it's doing well, it's easier to remember. But um, sleep is really important to help lock in and protect memory. So 
oftentimes the morning when we're well rested is when our brain is able to work best on memory and difficult um, problems like schoolwork. When we think about our thinking levels, where does memory fall in the order of our higher order thinking skills? Well, when we think when we think about thinking skills, right, um, they're all interrelated. Memory is, it, to me, the starting point or the the basis of it. But from memory, then we can expand to understanding what we learned, applying what we learned about analyzing it, how's it work, kind of engaging some of those other parts of the brain, evaluating it, um, using our senses to think about it, and and critically looking at what is that memory, what's it do for me, and how do I use it, how do I improve it, and that's where the creativity comes in. So I see it all as um, interlocking and um, connecting parts of the brain when we use all of those thinking levels. In your professional opinion, what are the, are there skills that are more important than memory, like creativity? It depends on what you want to do, but you can, you have to have memory. You have to have the basis of something that you learned or that you know to, to be creative. And I think memory it may be um, it, it kind of the more intuitive, it's just there. And then you build on that to be creative or to be more analytical. So um, I, I think they're all important, but I think the, the cornerstone, the basis of thinking is memory. Finally, what is some information on the brain that you think everyone needs to know about? How could we spread awareness of that? Your brain is an amazing machine and you can increase your brain function, what your brain's able to do by using it and practicing what you use. Thank you, Dr. Mannix. Thanks so much for teaching us all about this. We, I learned a lot. We are very grateful that you were able to come and help us ask questions right today this was such a good experience you're welcome you girls did great good luck with this keep keep uh learning about the brain thank you thank you bye here at adventures in being gifted we continue to carve time out from our full-time positions as gifted intervention specialists to bring you the latest and greatest info, research, voices, and stories about living the gifted adventure. If you have a suggestion or request for a guest or topic this season or next season, which will drop in early 2024, please email us at adventuresandbeinggifted at gmail.com. We want to give you more of what you need for you to support gifted kids, students, or to find a community where you feel connected as a parent, teacher, or gifted person yourself. And join us again next time for more Adventures and Being Gifted.